What's going on, guys? This is Trill Pod. I'm John Jay the Second, and you know it. I'm back here with Chris Platty. Chris, how you doing, buddy? What's up, man? Happy to be back. I'm glad. Uh, I'm always excited to come on this podcast. You know, this is one of the podcasts that I come on the most, probably the most, and I absolutely love it. So I'm looking forward to today's discussion. You know, it's glad to chop it up with you off air before we got on, but I'm excited, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's really, I say this every time, but it's a great honor to have you on there. Because as you guys know, Chris has a very popular podcast on all platforms, Strictly Hoop Talk and Strictly Hip Hop. I think I did that out of order, but I I think they get the gist, right? Yeah, I mean, it don't really matter. Yeah, it's technically Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk, but like, whatever. If somebody says Strictly Hoop Talk first it don't matter to me there there is no first between basketball and hip-hop i love them equally fair enough well put well yeah it's, it's just great to have you on here man and uh we always chop it up do some great shit uh whenever we uh collab the minds so 100 percent. so let's jump right into it then so let's talk about the nba all-star game a little bit we'll kind of go into everyone that was there this just the antics that went on talk to me a little bit what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I always enjoy All-Star Weekend uh, up until Sunday. Like, the game, it is what it is to me. Um, it's it, There's no defense. It's a bunch of – it's just basically you have 48 minutes to make as many highlight plays as you want. And, you know, and I'm not knocking that. Like, that's fine. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad that the players aren't, you know, getting hurt in All-Star games. That would be a tragedy. But – um, you know, I do wish they were more competitive, like back in the 2000s and even especially before that in the 90s and the 80s. But uh, I'm saying the 2000s because that's when I grew up. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I enjoy Saturday night, even though those are kind of gimmicky. Uh, the events like three-point shootout, skills competition, dunk contest. When those are good, those are a lot of fun to me, and I really, really enjoy them. So I always look forward to uh, All-Star Saturday. And I like, I like the little other things they do on Friday, too. Like, the celebrity game's kind of going down the hill for me. I used to love it a lot as a kid, but as the celebrities got less and less, I've kind of stopped being interested in it. Um, and then also the Rising Stars is very fun, too. It's a lot like the All-Star, no defense, fast pace, all that. Uh, but that's cool to see the young players play. So, all in all, it's, it's my, it's my uh, Christmas weekend. You know, I, I look forward to it every year. But um, I understand, and I come into it with t- with tampered expectations. You know, like I'm not expecting the I'm not expecting the world, but you know, it, there's some good stuff that can happen, and it it definitely holds my interest for the weekend. What about you? Like, are how, are you someone that gets excited for All Star Weekend, or are you somebody that just it's something cool? Like, yeah, I'll watch it, or I'll watch some of it, and you know, whatever I miss, oh well. Because there's a lot of people like that, even like NBA fans, you know. Yeah, so I actually had to go back to home to Flushing uh, this last couple of days, and um, I just happened to get home from, I think we went out to dinner, and um, we got back, and it just happened to be on. The dunk contest mm-hmm. was on, the skills comp, uh, and I was just kind of tuning in. I was kind of, I was happy that I caught it, um, but I wasn't really planning for it. I remember in past years, like probably the past two, three, four years, I just, I just miss it. I don't even mm-hmm. watch it at all, um, but... I'm kind of glad I did, and we happened to uh, pick up the game yesterday too. Watch that. Um, I, I liked, I liked it. You know, it's pretty much just a whole another just to show off. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters out there. Yeah. At least for the first half, and towards the second half, Team LeBron 
really came up on Team Giannis, and they they closed the dub. I know it got to a certain point where LeBron's like, all right, all right, guys, let's let's try to get this dub here. And I think Harden was in on it. You know, he had Kyrie and D Wade by his side. That was huge. Yeah, um, that was cool to see that and then see them ball out. But yeah, that was fun. Um, you know, it, it is fun. It's just you know, I w- I would love to see all these guys going their absolute hardest. I know that's never going to be a realistic outcome, but um, I do enjoy like the many highlight plays. Like, did you see that insane Steph Curry to Giannis lob where he bounced it yeah, off the ground? Yeah, bro, holy that was shit, insane. That was that's crazy that you bring that up because I turned it on literally like. Ten minutes before that, I was like in the first quarter, right? Or yeah, was it the first? Yeah, it was pretty yeah, early. Yeah, I believe in there. it was the first. Yeah, and um, hey, I just remember him pulled up. He lobbed that bitch. It looked like I almost touched the rafters. It went so high. I know, I know. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my god, he just came up, started flying like, like an airplane in there. He bounced it over, like not only over a ten foot, um, a ten foot. Was it KD? I think was running back on that play. I think it was I think KD. So it might have been. Yeah, I think it was KD, and it bounced over KD. And, like, it went – because I watched, like, the little the sports tracking thing that they do in, in broadcast, and they said they measured it to go – it went 16 feet in the air, then it dropped, and then Giannis caught it at 12 feet in the air and then threw it down. And that was just, to me, like a superhuman play. That was crazy. Um, and not only the precision of the pass, but, like, just, like, the fact that Giannis was, like, 12 feet in the air, caught it and, and, and dunked it and easily could – Giannis could dunk on a 14-foot rim. Like, it's insane what Giannis can do. And so, you know, it, it was that was a cool play. And, you know, there was cool little moments all throughout it that, like, you know, those are highlight plays that you enjoy. So it, it, it's cool for that aspect. But, um, you know, some years it's just some, – some years and even sometimes during the game, you know, it gets kind of boring because everybody's – like, it gets boring when they start just chucking half quarters and threes and, like, ridiculous stuff like – but when they do those highlight plays, those are really sweet. Why do you think it, uh, it changed from like the 80s into the 90s and even the 2000s? I remember we had some pretty hype years for All-Star Weekend. Yeah, what I, changed the precedent to make it not as competitive, at least in the first half? What, you what know, do you think? That's, that's interesting. I think it was just something that just kind of gradually was going to happen anyways because um, I, I just think that more and more players started to look at All-Star Weekend as a party weekend, as a relaxing weekend, as a way to decompress from the regular season grind. And so I think it was kind of like a natural curve. Like, yeah, you can kind of look at like starting in like probably 2010-ish is when it really, really got relaxed. Um, but, you know, I think it was kind of a progression and an evolution that happened, and it was just – it was just ever so slight each year, and then it got to a point where um, then it kind of started to, once it got to a certain point, it was, okay, everybody kind of knew the unwritten rule was don't play defense. Like if a man's driving to a basket, don't go for the contact on a play that could injure him and things like that. And then it just kind of became like, a, okay, well, then I don't want to play any defense because I don't want to hurt anybody and because I just want to have fun. And so it just kind of progressively evolved and, it, it became what it is. I mean, at least that's my opinion. I don't know if I can pinpoint, like, the exact specific year moment that it, like, transitioned, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, know. I don't think I could either, but it's just important to note. Yeah. And it's helpful to note that it did change from something into basically no defense, uh, you know, no real competition, and I think the people missed that. 
mm-hmm. uh, because I remember watching the first half last night just thinking I, I knew that they weren't going to go hard or win anything, you know, because even the past couple of years it's been like that, um, you know. I mean, back until like the early to mid-2000s, that's the only time I can really remember that it was really competitive. I mean, it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, but I definitely gradual, gradually uh, changed as we've gotten to the 2010s. I think, uh, and just kind of probably went downhill from there as yeah. far as the co- the intensity of the competition goes. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's fine. That's like, fine. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad uh, it's one you know less moment where players can get injured, and you know, like it would suck if somebody got a season-ending injury at an All-Star game. Like that would just be oh, um, horrible yeah, for, sure. for not only the franchise but for that player. You know, it's an exhibition game put on for the fans. And the fans want to see highlights at the end of the day, you know. But I also think there's a lot of fans that would love to see, like, ultra-competitiveness. Like, who, like if these guys were going absolutely crazy, like, who would, who would win? It's like a good little – like, it's as close as we get to fantasy basketball. And so um, – Yeah, that's, that's so, true. So I think that there's always going to be that aspect. But at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. I'm cool with it, you know. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not for having him go hard and then have get like a season-ending or even career-ending injury. Yeah. Uh, it's just not really worth it, you know. And um, I mean, sure, we want to see it, you yeah. know, as a fan, but yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just not in reality. Yeah, it's think. pros and cons. To pros and cons, huge. You know. Oh yeah. But the halftime performance. Yeah, was good, yeah. Though. Let's hit on that. So, what did you think of J. Cole and his whole performance? Kind of like. Accompanied yeah. by the first song, Middle Child, and then kind of transition. Where do you think it was at? Yeah, I, lo- I loved it. Um, you know, I was actually having a discussion with my friend, uh, Akil, who is also my roommate. And we were talking about the idea of, like, how come the, super, or how come the NBA All-Star Halftime just doesn't have that same or anywhere near that same level of the Super Bowl halftime. Because, you know, like, the Super Bowl halftime, like, there's people who just watch the Super Bowl halftime, and, like, that's it, you know? Just, like, there's, like, people who watch, like, just the commercials and all that. It's crazy. But, um, like, the Super Bowl is this mega event. But, like, the All-Star, especially among our demographic, the NBA is way more popular. So you would think that the All-Star would have a little bit more cachet, but um, but you know there's there's a lot of restrictions like stadiums allow you to have like massive stages and stuff and then whereas uh, whereas you know like M- NBA arenas are are much smaller than stadiums so you can only do so much but uh, but I wish that you know artists could do something other than just get up there and rap because like when Cole was up there all he was doing was rapping and it was cool it was a good performance but like I would love to see somebody as artistic as Cole be able to really fully express himself and have like a full stage presence and all that because I think those are all things that he can do and and do well uh, but overall you know like just judging what he did what it was really cool um, it was really cool to see him do auto-tune for the for the uh, middle child track and you know that was that was a really awesome uh, awesome touch because I know he has the auto tune on the hook in the original record, but he auto tuned his verse too, and I thought that was just just a unique twist for J Cole and J Cole fans. Um, and then he transitions it to Twenty One Savages, uh, his fe- his guest feature on Twenty One Savages track a lot, which was dope. And you know he kind of gave like a publicity like a shout out to uh, Twenty One Savage moment, like so that was big for hip hop. And then, 
And then beyond that, he transitioned to Love Yours, which was a nice, really, uh, it was a nice, it was a nice gesture by Cold. You know, it was a very conscious record. It, it, it shows everybody why they love J. Cole. All the people that love J. Cole is because he is, no matter the stage, he's always going to promote conscious music and, and, and play conscious music. So, you know, Love Your, Yours is like a very deep and introspective track that has a lot of depth and substance to it um, that, that mainstream America probably, you know, like like a lot of mainstream J. Cole fans wouldn't necessarily know that record or listen to it a lot, but it's actually got a lot of depth and substance to it, so he brought it to a new stage, which was really cool. Um, and then and they closed with, of course, No Role Models, his biggest song ever, which is an absolute banger. And uh, and it was overall just cool because, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, like the, the ties that J. Cole has, obviously being from North Carolina. So it was it was a very cool it was a very cool halftime performance. I enjoyed Cole a lot on that one. You know, it, it was it was really cool. I loved it, too. Um, but I feel like a lot of people could maybe ridicule his maybe auto tuning in the first song, Middle Child. Um, but I feel like that's almost not right to do just because in the song he's minorly auto-tuned maybe they turned it up too much in the mic i don't know but i thought it was great but the one thing about cole that i really wish he would do and utilize more a part of his you know his music and the vibes that he brings with his music he should be more into it on stage going more you know just just more into it i want to see him sweating at the end of it you know what i mean because you got to be a performer you can't just be a rapper and be behind the mic I mean, you gotta really have a big time performer aspect of it of yourself too. I yeah. think that's very important. Yeah, and that's the one criticism and the one knock that Cole has dealt with his entire career is he has been um, somebody who captures you with their with words, not with emotion, right? Like, there's emotion in J. Cole music, but um, but a lot of it, you know, he's characterized as somebody who's late, who's laid back, who's, uh, nonchalant. And it's really just, he emphasizes his, his vocals and, and he doesn't, he doesn't energize or animate very well, at least, uh, compared to other artists. And so, you know, so that's always been a drawback of Cole. And that's been something that a lot of people, uh, a lot of people weren't, uh, drawn to or turned off by him for uh you know he he kind of almost is that you know and i hate to do this but he almost is that happy medium of kendrick and Cole or kendrick and drake right where he's got the he's got the uh the the, the lyrical substance the content the consciousness of kendrick but he's got the but he's also got the the coolness the laid back the kind of um less emotional drake Drake kind of uh, atmosphere and personality and charisma on the mic, and so I think that those that those things kind of like blend and they just don't blend the right way, and that's kind of been a knock for Cole's entire career, truthfully. So you're not you're not wrong. Like there's a lot of people that feel that way. I personally like J Cole and I, I like what he does, and I'm a fan. But I can see why. I can also see the argument of why people just think he doesn't you know animate enough and and he's trying to do that he's doing that a lot more with kod with middle child his new record like all those things so i think he's actually heading a step in the right direction i like cole too i mean i could even consider myself to be a fan as well yeah. uh you know and it's 
I definitely see the aspect where he's connected more with with the words and the actual dialogue within the tracks, and he's expecting the people to get the best of both worlds, both the production of the track, whatever track it may be, uh, the content, how they feel after they listen to it, because he could be doing anything behind a mic. He doesn't have to get, be getting animated, you know, behind the mic. Uh, I mean, he might be, who knows, but yeah. um, I feel like if he could bridge the gap between that and even just bring up the intensity a little bit more because he's he's got to convey to the people that are listening to him that he feels his music he feels the music that he is uh-huh he is portraying because he has to feel those emotions in order for other people to feel them right yeah yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent you know and i like i said i i think cole does it well but not well enough and i think that's where it, it, that's where it just kind of becomes subjective, right? Like it works for some people, it doesn't work for others. Like the people who, who do like Cole, uh, they love his, they love the, the just the, the what he brings. They love his style. They love his charisma. They love his personality and presence on the mic. But there's a lot of people that don't, you know. And so it's, it's kind of just a. It's really just a polarizing and subjective thing at the end of the day when it comes to it. And the way I describe it as somebody who who kind of who sits on one side but can kind of see the other is I would say he's somebody who animates and brings intensity and he does it well, but not well enough. And he has certain moments too, like there's certain records where the intensity is really high or the or or his charisma or his passion is really high. And then there's records where it, it's not really existent. And that was a huge problem with his last album uh, before KOD, For Your Eyes Only. So to me, um, you know, it's also like it's also like there's flashes, too. So uh, that kind of makes it a little bit difficult. But, you know, overall, I think I think we're picking hairs when it comes to. Cole oh, yeah, we definitely are. I think he's a very talented artist. No, yeah, he definitely is. And I don't want, I don't want to take anything away from that. I, no, and I know you're not. I just say that for the other maybe listeners or just other people who feel that way about J. Cole is that right. I, w- I would say, I would say that I think you really just, if you, if you really do focus on the lyrics and the substance, I think, I think you'll buy into Cole. Yeah, no, um, you definitely the will. The person. Yeah. He's, he's a, re- he's a real great dude. Like he is honestly, if I could have a conversation with any rapper, like he's among the top of the list. I feel like he's, don't you feel like he's just like the most genuine down to earth, like normal dude. Like, yeah, after well, after watching that interview with him, which is, it was crazy to see these two individuals the in the same sense. One? Yeah, the the little pump. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that was, that That's was weird. It, that was on the weird. couch, <laughs> but at the same time, that was dope because uh-huh. you kind of got to see the those two artists, which are they did at least they didn't seem like they're super close or had a right a huge background. Cole didn't know anything. I don't. I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they never met before that. Yeah, um, I think that was actually the first time they met. They like FaceTimed before, but they that was the really? first time they yeah, met. Yeah, that was interesting to see. And just and there there are some awkward parts, you know, whatever, but to see <laughs> yeah. them power through that awkwardness, both of them, Lil Pump included, yeah, was really cool to see. Yeah, especially that yeah. Cool, that was a cool yeah. interview. But. Yeah. It, it was. And especially cuz like I study sociology at Michigan State uh, as a minor, uh, it's really kind of cool to see how those two interacted with one another it's just cool yeah yeah and there's also some really funny parodies of it too <laughs> dude yeah i've Those seen some parodies good ones are hilarious they are but, but yeah i'm sure j cole would be sweet to have a conversation with and just kind of just pick his brain a little bit he'd probably pick your brain it'd be, it'd be dope. 
he's the type that asks a lot of questions, I bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, so, like, what are some other performers that you would kind of uh, just touch on a little bit as far as, like, really conveying the intensity, conveying the emotion? Um, Who would you put on that list? So, I, I think some of the best performers, and those tend to be the performers that I'm drawn to, are the ones that are intense, animated, and emotional. Uh, with the exception of Kanye, and the reason why I love Kanye's performances is because he's not always intense, but his just understanding and attention to detail when it comes to his set designs and everything is second to none among any artist, uh, I think in any genre, especially in hip hop. And so, um, so he always, whether it's not him, he'll make the, the stage or the, or the set or whatever convey the emotion. So he's a really good performer. Uh, he's, he's an incredible performer. Uh, Kendrick is who I think is the best performer of any artist. I just love the way he, he's, his intensity and the way he animates when he's performing is absolutely incredible. Like there's this one and I wish it was still on YouTube. It is, but it's like sped up and also cut off. But uh, he did like a Tepimpa Butterfly medley on Stephen Colbert's show. And, I, and this was like right when Stephen Colbert got his new show, whatever it is now, I don't, I don't watch it. But, um, but Stephen Colbert and Kendrick had like a mutual respect from the last time Kendrick performed on his old show on Comedy Central. And so Kendrick anyways was one of the first performers on his new show. And when he did the medley, he did like a bunch of songs from Wesley's Theory to uh, to You to Mama to King Kunta, and the whole time it was amazing because every time a drums, every time there was a drum kick or any type of instrumentation movement, his body moved. Like there was like when he's doing when he's doing the the part to You, every time that beat hits his body changes in some way, shape, or form. Like, I've never seen anybody so totally in sync with the instrumental before. It was actually really incredible. And then, you know, plus he has the, those ones, like the Grammys and stuff, where he just absolutely killed it and, uh, and, and just brings it to the next level. So he's, to me, one of the greatest performers. Um, I pulled up some other ones. I mean, I guess since we talked about Cole and Kendrick, we should talk about Drake. Uh, Drake, I don't... He's an interesting he's an interesting performer because like the music he makes is great so like if he put he could probably put together of all the hip hop artists he could probably put together the best 20 track performance like as far as song quality but he's somebody who again he doesn't animate like Cole or you know he just all all he does is rap and then and then jump around and so I don't know how exciting it would be cuz the music is great but I don't think Drake is the greatest performer and i i think he is to an extent because he's staying in his personality but um jay-z was an awesome performer when i seen him uh jay-z just had a had a level of swagger and bravado that was just unmatched and uh he just had he just was you couldn't look away from him when he was performing he was so incredible and in tune with the instrumentals uh who else would be some great performers like do you have anybody that you would that you would love to see perform or that you have seen perform and you just really like? Yeah, so I've seen a couple big-time artists in the last couple years, and I really enjoyed both of these concerts that I'm about to kind of go on to right here. And uh, I went and seen Tory Lanez and ASAP Ferg. That was dope. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Tory Lanez just goes insane with the crowd. You know, yeah. he's really invested. He's really he's showing his emotion. You know, he's he's out there and he's like out on the stage, like fucking stage jumping and doing all this crazy ass shit. Like that's yeah, the that's wild. what the people want, and they, they and they gave it to him. Same thing with Ray Sremmert. I saw them too a year year or two ago, and um, yeah, they they go silly, man. Like oh yeah, they, they go they, stupid. The an, the energy and the animation that they bring to their performances is incredible. I seen them at the Mac tribute, and they they did a great job there. Yeah, that they're really cool. good, and I feel like that's so huge as far as like because that goes beyond the music. That's mm-hmm. that sure that you got the music, you know, you can listen to it in your car, listen to it on your phone, whatever. But once you see it live and it's still high quality and you're getting a show at the same time, that's just that's just capitalization. Yeah, a hundred percent. But yeah, I'd probably well, put those two in my, you know, I've heard I've seen them. I've heard actually from people I've heard from a lot of people that I trust and some other people that I trust. I've heard both sides of Travis Scott. Like, you listen to his music and you think, oh, man, the intensity of his music would just be awesome and incredible to to watch uh, perform. And I've seen videos and they look awesome. But um, I've had people that have told me that have went to Travis concerts that I trust and have seen a lot of great performances. And they're like, he's not that good at performing, which kind of surprised me because, you know, I think I, I would think listening to his music and and the energy that he puts on his on his stage videos that you see in highlights like i would think he'd be one of the best performers and i've heard from other people that he's the best too so uh i am kind of interested to see you know where he falls like when i seen him i thought it was great i thought it was fun um but you know i i don't i don't know i don't know i've heard i've heard mixed reviews on him like do you think do you think have you ever seen travis? i haven't seen travis scott live but would you yeah. want to? Oh yeah, I definitely would want to. And yeah. I think when, as far as we're, when we're talking about like people that might think a certain way about a certain performance, but you've seen them too perform live, I feel like only yeah. your perspective of that really matters. That's Just true. because, like, but like at the they're Super gonna see Bowl, different parts of it than you do. At the Super Bowl, Travis didn't look that good either. Like that was uh, a more recent performance. I seen him on the Damn Tour, which was when he dropped Birds. Um, at that time, that was before Astro, and you know, I I I thought it was good, but yeah, seeing him on uh, seeing him on the Super Bowl halftime, where you know he could have had where he, where he had like the grandest production of them all, the bit that's like the biggest performance of them all, and I thought it was pretty flat and dull and boring. You know, we were all watching it at the crib. Like, were you were you really entertained during Travis's part? Like, I watched it, but like I. I wouldn't say I was like entertained. Right. You know, and I, I feel like I should touch on something too. That's important with both Cole, who we talked about earlier and Travis Scott, who performed the, at the Super Bowl. Um, I think they have to censor their music when they're yeah. performing on live TV. And I feel like that can greatly affect their performance. It, it can. Do you think so? Yeah, it can a hundred percent, especially if it's like a certain song. Oh um, yeah. Cause a lot of those expletives are, <laughs> really so hype parts yeah, of the song. And you know, yeah, and you know, like they're kicker words. Like, like Mo Bamba performed on like oh a public God. in like a public censored setting wouldn't work because Couldn't what's work. the part that everybody screams at the at, at at parties? Like you know, like oh. it's it's the expletive part. So um, so you know, like that that's that's actually a very good and interesting point that I think is uh is pretty damn is pretty damn interesting because. You're right. Definitely, really certain is. songs. There's expletives that 
make that make things work like some of people's favorite lines you know like on fucking problems is kendrick you know girl i know you want this dick but like that'd be censored and it just it it sounds lame when when you when you hear it censored so you know i that that's a very funny and interesting point that i never really thought about you're right i thought about that too a little bit too thank you um but it's just like really interesting because i remember just watching cole yesterday he was censoring himself and yeah like through middle child there's some expletives in there it's not like, like a completely dirty song it's actually yeah. more of it is probably non-expletive yeah um, and even like the meaning like the context like a lot of it's the n-word and when he's saying the n-word like he he's not meaning it in any type of, of negative connotation right you know? yeah he's yeah. literally just saying his people you know yeah, so, yeah like but i don't know but you got to censor it because it's considered a controversial word I wonder if they could just like film it. I'm sure people did. Um, well, th- there were some parts within the uh, halftime show last night where it would go muted because yeah. you know, like live TV is like actually eight seconds like in the past for which is probably it. means like he slipped up and said the word. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I'm assuming he did, and then they just mute it for that time period or whatever. Or I've but, also noticed in like. Um, and in some performances that they'll that they'll mute it like actually because just because like they know that's like a part with like a couple explicitives in a row. So they'll just so they'll just mute that part and even if the artist like cleaned it up, like they just play it hundred percent safe. Yeah. You know? So um but I, I like when um artists will switch up the words. Like I I personally when it comes to when it comes to those like swearing censored words or whatever I love when an artist uses uh, other words to replace them, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you can see that a lot A lot of times on uh, just, like, clean versions of tracks on the radio. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Cole was doing it, like, on his performance yeah, he did. last yeah. night. Like, he would say people instead of the N-word. And yeah. he would say, you know. And, like, sometimes he, w- he did, like, a balance where sometimes he'd just blank. But yeah, then yeah, he did do that. He'd insert a word. And I just prefer, I just prefer when they put a word in. Whatever Me too. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather even them put a word the, in than not put a word in. Just even because, if it's the yeah. ridiculous, you know, one substitute that they use for the N word, you know, like that one's that one's just ridiculous. But, but anyways, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. That's a little thing that I'm like kind of picky about. But I I notice always. Yeah, yeah, but I'd definitely rather them have a actually put in a word to substitute that word just for the sake of the performance. Yeah, that's even so if it don't rhyme, like, who right. cares? Because, I mean, either way, even if you say you cuss on the whole, do the whole thing, they'll probably still bleep it out. Yeah. You know, like, I don't I don't see why you just wouldn't go ham and just do the regular version. Well, you do got, like, kids and stuff at that event. That's true, so that's true. I feel like, you know, and, and I feel like, you know, that's part of the, part of the job when the artist signs the deal to... Oh yeah, it's gotta be. You know, is that they know that they're performing to the, to these people under these guidelines that they gotta follow. And sure, they could like not follow them, but like then you know that kind of sour their reputation. Yeah, know? that'd be I'm a bad. I'm sure look J. Cole on wants whoever. to perform at another halftime. You know. Oh like, yeah. So so why uh, why burn any bridges unnecessarily? You know. Oh yeah, it's definitely not worth burning those bridges. But yeah. not at all. Yeah, it's just, it's just really cool to kind of recollect the, the past like halftime performance because it's really a different stage compared to like a concert environment. Yeah. Just because it's not a show, you know, even if it's like huge like Bonnaroo or or Lollapalooza, you know, like it's just really crazy to 
see that environment and then to look at a halftime show and try to compare them, I feel like just isn't right. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. They're, they're unique. And that's why, that's why, like, I don't really care for the Grammys, but, like, I love Grammy performances because those are performances that make artists go all out, you know, the ones that do decide to do the Grammys. Uh, so, you know, so there's, like, also different kinds of things. I enjoy concerts. I enjoy, like, halftime performances. They all got their little unique intricacies to them that make them different. And uh, that to me is just fascinating because I love watching live performances. I think, I think it's a really underrated skill when it comes to like judging an artist. Like if an artist can rock a crowd, that is to me like a, a very powerful sign. Because some some artists have great music, but they can't rock a crowd to save their life. You know. That is so true. It's just it's crazy to amount just the few people we noted tonight. Um, it's just crazy to see the difference there and yeah it's definitely just so huge yeah it but yeah just i feel like live performances definitely if you guys haven't went to a concert or like anything like that anything hype you guys got to do it I, mean, I used to think that you know it's not worth it just paying like for these experiences i'd rather spend my money on stuff you know instead of like doing stuff like this yeah. i never tell my brother this uh and i could not have been more wrong just because if you have artists that you like and they're coming to your city or coming close to you guys just buy the tickets. The tickets aren't that much. Yeah. It's, it's worth the experience, honestly. So, And just seeing those people perform live gives you a whole different perspective on them. It does. And your outlook on their music. It both does. Both before that and like after that, but especially after. Yeah, 100%, man. Like Cole, to uh, bring him up again to kind of come full circle for, the, for this podcast. Um, I, when I went to the Kendrick Dam tour, like he brought out Cole as his total surprise and he performed Deja Vu, and that was one of the records that I never cared for listening to it. But when I saw it live, now I love that record. Like, yeah, you probably go back to it and listen live. to it. Yeah, even not live. Like, yeah. I love that record now, and that was a record that I didn't, I didn't really care for. I wouldn't say it was terrible. I didn't hate it, but it was just like, eh, whatever, and I never listened to it again. Like, I had my songs I returned to off that album, and that was now one of them. But now that's become one of the songs I return to. So that's crazy. A live how that performance, happens. yeah, it could definitely change your mind if it if it's an artist that does it and does it the right way. Oh yeah, because you do, you got a personal connection to that song now. Even if you never listened to it before, if you listen to it and be like, yeah, nah, you know, 100%. I don't really feel this song, you know. But then you hear it live and it gives you a whole different look on it. And then you yeah. can even go back and listen to the original and have a whole different perspective on it. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's cool. I love music, <laughs> dude. Yeah, music is the shit. But yeah, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I'll just wrap it up right now. Chris, you got any last words for him? Uh, yeah, let a tweet at us, Instagram us, whatever. Let us know the uh, artists that you would like to see perform, or who have you seen perform? Have you seen any of the artists that we mentioned perform? Ha- are there any that you that you thought we didn't mention that we should have mentioned that you that you would like to see perform? Let us know. And of course, as always, share and support the Trill Pot. Yes, baby, always. Yeah, definitely check us out on Instagram. I don't. I think we're on Twitter. We. I don't think we're on Twitter yet, but definitely hit us up That'll on Instagram. Soon. Oh yeah, it'll be happening soon. But yeah, slide in our DMs. You know, it's T R I L L P O D underscore, and just like hit, shoot us a message. Tell us what you think. Yeah, we're posting on there. We're pretty active. What you guys think? Yeah, that'd be dope. But yeah, definitely check out Chris's podcast too, Strictly oh, Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk. 
You want to yeah. drop some socials for that? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can find all my content through me. I don't have individual pages for my content. Um, so just search at Real Chris Platty. It's on all platforms. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. That's on uh, Apple Music. And for those of you that uh, follow me on Apple Music, I make playlists not only for individuals if they request one, but also I have a bunch of um, self-created playlists that I share, like, uh, one about J. Cole's favorites. Since we're talking about J. Cole, I have a whole playlist dedicated to all my favorite J. Cole tracks. And those are also on Spotify and Tidal as well. Uh, you could just search Chris Platty on each of those platforms and you'll find me. But yeah, uh, that's that's really that's really all I got. So at Real Chris Platty on Twitter and Instagram and uh, at Real Chris Platty on all of the uh, streaming services as well. Yeah, I always drop, uh, just so you guys know too, I always drop all the socials from everybody participating in the podcast uh, down below in the description. So make sure to check that out. Um, but yeah, I'll leave it at that. Thank you all for joining us. I'm John Jay the second and have a great night. Mm-hmm.